wiggles, not the kind that wiggle tea that you drink, not scribble all together in a cottage she calls day. Cherries and tea with Nanny B. Oh yes, Nanny B, that's me. And welcome to another special day. Today's story is the final part of the most wonderful Wizard of Oz. If you missed last week, go back and start listening from there. For all those like me who are just itching to hear how the story ends, my neighbor Jules will bring it any minute now. Hello there. Hi, Nanny B. It's your neighbor with a story. Well, I have many neighbors, and they certainly all have stories to tell. Uh, which one are you? It's Jules, with a tail and some tea. Of course it is. Come in, dear, come. Today I've brought some yellow tea in honor of the yellow brick road Dorothy travels along with her friends. Oh, how clever. I'll go pop the kettle on. Do tell our listening friends about our story. Well, last week we met Dorothy and her little dog Toto from Kansas, who were carried away to the most incredible land. But even when you come from a place as gray and dusty as Kansas, there's no place like home. So Dorothy set off down the yellow brick road to find the wonderful Wizard of Oz and ask if he would send her home. Along the way, she's also met three new companions who would also like to ask the Wizard of Oz for help. The Scarecrow wants a brain, the Tin Man wants a heart, and the Lion would like some courage. But once they get to the Land of Oz, the adventure really heats up, and that's where our tale starts today. Are you ready for a story? Oh, oh yes, please. Okay, then. Part 2 of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum, adapted for radio. After journeying for some time, Dorothy, Toto, and their three companions finally reached the end of the yellow brick road and a big gate studded with glittering emeralds. This must be the Emerald City. Dorothy rang the bell, and the big gate swung slowly open, revealing a little man the same size as Munchkin's, but entirely clothed in green. What do you wish in the Emerald City? The guard asked. We came here to see the great and powerful Oz, said Dorothy. Oh, I, 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 no one ever wishes to see the great and powerful Oz. Why, he, uh... Scarecrow interrupted. Well, we have, and on the advice of Glinda the Good. Uh, most unusual, but uh, very well, he said. This way. They all followed him through the portal into the dazzling streets of the Emerald City, filled with contentedly busy people. The guard led them to the palace of the great and powerful Oz. He will grant you an audience one at a time, starting with you, young lady. Dorothy walked boldly through and found herself in a big, round room with a high arched roof. In the middle was a throne with an enormous floating head. Then she heard a voice say, I am Oz, the great and powerful. Who are you and why do you seek me? Why, I'm Dorothy, the small and meek, and I have come for your help. 
Where did you get those shimmering shoes? From the Wicked Witch of the East, when my house fell on her and destroyed her, she replied. What do you wish me to do? Send me back to Kansas, because I'm just a little girl. Hmm. I will grant your request, said the head. If you destroy the Wicked Witch of the West. But I can't. You destroyed the Witch of the East? Now you must destroy the Witch of the West. Now go, and do not ask to see me again until you have done your task. Dorothy left the throne room and waited for each of her friends to see the great and powerful Oz. One by one they returned, having heard the same message. Oz would not grant their wishes until they destroyed the Wicked Witch of the West. What are we to do? I can't destroy her, said Dorothy, and her friends agreed. Then I will have no brain. No courage, no heart. And I will never get back to Kansas or see Auntie Em and Uncle Henry again, said Dorothy, beginning to cry. Oh, no, Dorothy, I haven't the heart to harm even a witch. But if you go, I shall certainly go with you, remarked the tin woodman. Oh, I'm too much of a coward to kill a witch, but I'd go with you, said the lion. I'll go with you, too, declared Scarecrow, but I shall not be of much help to you. I am such a fool. They all agreed to go on this journey with Dorothy. The guard led them back to the gates. There were roads in all different directions. Which road leads to the Wicked Witch of the West? asked Dorothy. Ah, she'll find you. Just keep to the west where the sun sets. They thanked him and turned towards the west. The Emerald City was soon far behind, and night had come. Dorothy, Toto, and the lion lay down upon the grass and fell asleep, with the tin man and the scarecrow keeping watch. They were a long distance off, but the Wicked Witch of the West could see everywhere and saw Dorothy with her friends. The Wicked Witch was furious to find them in her country, so she summoned the winged monkeys. Go to the strangers and destroy them, except for the lion, said the wicked witch. Bring that beast to me, for I have in mind to harness him like a workhorse. Then the winged monkeys flew to the place where Dorothy and her friends were sleeping. Some swooped down as the tin man stood to protect his dear friends. They seized him, carried him through the air, and dropped him onto jagged rocks, leaving him so battered and dented that he could neither move nor groan. The monkeys attacked the scarecrow, and with their long fingers pulled all the straw out of him, then dropped his clothes high in a treetop, while more of them entangled the lion in a stout rope until he was unable to bite or scratch or struggle. Then they flew him to the witch's castle and placed him in a small yard with a high fence around it so he could not escape. Dorothy stood with Toto in her arms, watching the sad fate of her comrades. The monkey's leader went to grab her but suddenly stopped when he saw the mark of Glinda the Good's kiss upon her forehead. We don't dare harm this little girl, he whispered to the monkeys. She is protected by the power of good, and that is greater than the power of evil. So gently they carried Dorothy to the castle and carefully set her down. 
Then the leader reported to the witch. The tin man and the scarecrow are destroyed. The lion is tied up in your yard, but the little girl we will not harm. Then all the winged monkeys flew into the air and were soon out of sight. The wicked witch saw the mark on Dorothy's forehead and knew she dare not hurt the girl, but said nothing of that to Dorothy. Instead, she threatened, Do as I command or I'll make an end of you, like the tin man and the scarecrow. With Dorothy put to hard work, the witch went to harness the cowardly lion like a horse. But as she opened the gate, the lion roared and bounded at her so fiercely that the witch shut the gate again in fear. She stormed past Dorothy mopping, and Toto bit at her ankles. The witch smacked him with her broom. Dorothy was so very angry that she picked up the bucket and mop and threw it over the witch. Instantly, the wicked woman screamed, What have you done? I'm melting! I'm the castle guards ran in, and when they found the witch destroyed, they rejoiced and thanked Dorothy for freeing them. Dorothy went at once to release the lion. Let us go and rescue our friends, the lion said. The guards were so thankful they joined them. The tin man was found, battered and bent. Tenderly, the guards carried him back to the castle. They set to work at once, hammering, soldering, polishing, and pounding, until the tin man was restored and ready to find the scarecrow. All that was left of him was his clothes at the top of a tree. The tin man chopped it down at once. Dorothy collected the clothes. Back at the castle, they were stuffed with clean straw, and behold, the scarecrow was as good as ever. Together again, Dorothy urged them. We must go back to Oz and claim his promises. Then at last I will have a brain. And I courage. And I a heart. And I will get back to Kansas. The next day, monkeys no longer enslaved by the witch kindly flew them to the Emerald City. The guard at the gate was surprised to see them. You're back again? How is that possible? The wicked witch is no more, explained the scarecrow. Why, she melted away into a pool of water. Good news indeed. Come in, come in. The great and powerful Oz is sure to be pleased. The guard led them back through the city to the palace of Oz and asked them to wait for the great wizard. But Oz made no reply. No word from him the next day, nor the next, nor the next. With each day, the scarecrow grew more and more angry and said if Oz did not see them now, they would call the winged monkeys to persuade him. The wizard had met them once and did not wish to meet them again, so he beckoned Dorothy and her friends to the throne room at once. They kept huddled together. Then they heard a booming voice say, I am Oz, the great and powerful. Why do you seek me? We have come to claim your promises, great and powerful Oz. What promises? asked Oz. Why, I was promised a brain, and I courage, and I a heart, and I was promised a way back to Kansas. Is the Wicked Witch really destroyed? asked the voice. Why, yes, I melted her with a bucket of water. Dear, dear me, how sudden. Well, uh, come back tomorrow. I must have time to think. You have had plenty of time already. 
said the tin man angrily. We shall not wait a day longer, said the scarecrow. Then the lion roared so fiercely that Toto jumped up and tipped over the screen that stood in a corner. As it fell, it revealed a little old man operating a projector and a microphone. Who are you? the tin man demanded. I am Oz, the great and powerful, said the little man. Why, you aren't a great wizard at all. You're just an ordinary man, cried Dorothy. How shall I ever get my brain, said the scarecrow, or my courage, or my heart, <gasps> wailed the tin man, wiping the tear from his eyes. Well, you see, stuttered the little man, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I am, I certainly am, answered the little man sorrowfully. I didn't plan this. You see, I was born in Omaha, not very far from Kansas. Well, one windy day I went up in my balloon and got carried away, higher and higher. For several days I traveled through the air, and when I awoke, I saw a strange and beautiful country. Seeing me coming from the clouds, the native people thought I was a great wizard. I didn't want to disappoint them. I led them to build this prosperous city they enjoy now. One of our greatest fears was the wicked witches. They had to think I was more powerful, or surely they would have destroyed us. I would have promised anything for you to destroy the other witch, but now I am ashamed to say that I cannot keep my promises. Well, I think you're a very bad man. Oh, no, my dear. I'm really a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. Can't you give me brains? asked the scarecrow. Why, you don't need them. You are learning something every day. A baby has brains, but it doesn't know much. Experience is the only thing that brings knowledge. But if you insist, I will provide you with a degree. Where I come from, it is a sign that you have learned great things. Oh, thank you, thank you, cried the scarecrow. But how about my courage? asked the lion anxiously. Why, you are under the impression that running away means you have no courage. You are confusing courage with wisdom. True courage is facing danger even though you are afraid. I will give you a medal used in my land to recognize great acts of courage, replied Oz. Oz handed him the medal. Why, I'm the king of the forest, replied the lion with his chest puffed up high. How about my heart, asked the tin man. You don't know how lucky you are not to have one. Hearts will never be practical until they can't be broken. But you love your friends and care for each one. You have a bigger heart than many with a beating one. Here is my ticking clock, shaped as a heart, beating just as a heart does to remind you that you do care. But is it a kind heart? asked the tin man. Oh, very, answered Oz. I am most grateful to you and shall never forget your kindness, said the tin man. What about me? Ah, with you, my dear, it's not that easy. But I think I know a way I can get you back to Kansas. The way I came, the citizens of Emerald City can repair the balloon I traveled in all those years ago, and I will go with you to see you safely home. The citizens started repairs immediately, and when it was finally ready, they all gathered in awe. Dorothy could hardly bear to leave her new friends as she kissed each goodbye. As it filled with hot air, the balloon gradually swelled and rose until, 
just the basket was touching the ground, and it was tugging hard at the rope that held it in place. Hurry up, Dorothy, or the balloon will fly away, said Oz. I can't find Toto anywhere, replied Dorothy, searching the crowd. When she found him, she scooped him up and ran towards the balloon. She was within a few steps of it, and Oz was holding out his hand to help her into the basket when, crack, went the ropes, and the balloon rose into the air without her. Come back, she screamed. I can't come back, my dear, called Oz from the basket. I am so very sorry. Goodbye. Goodbye, shouted everyone as the balloon rose farther and farther into the sky. Dorothy wept bitterly. The tin woodman came to her side. Now I have a heart. I cannot help but cry with you, my dearest Dorothy. Then she kindly wiped away his tears so that he should not rest. The lion said, As the king of the forest, I will command the winged monkeys here to carry you home. But their leader replied to him, saying that they belong to this country and cannot leave. There's never been a winged monkey in Kansas, and I suppose there never will be. Is there no one who can help me? The scarecrow decided to think with his new brains and thought as hard as he could until he said, Glinda might help you. She is powerful and may know a way to get you home. As he said that, Glinda appeared. What can I do for you, my child? She asked. Oz has floated away in my only way back to Kansas. Glinda smiled sweetly. Bless your dear heart, for you have had the power all along. Just click your heels together three times, and the shoes will carry you wherever you wish to go. So Dorothy, with Toto still in her arms, clicked her heels together three times and said, There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Instantly, she was whirling through the air. Before she knew it, she cried, Good gracious! For she was sitting on the Kansas prairie with a newly built farmhouse replacing the old one. Dorothy stood up and found the shimmering shoes had fallen off in her flight. Auntie M just came out of the house to water the cabbages when she saw Dorothy running toward her. My darling child! she cried, folding the little girl in her arms and covering her face with kisses. Where in the world have you been? she asked. In the land of Oz with munchkins and the yellow brick road and flying monkeys and the... Auntie M interrupted. You are home, my dear, and that's all that matters. Dorothy hugged her even tighter while she thought about this gray, dusty place they call Kansas, and she was even more convinced. There's no place like home. The end. Oh, I could hear that story again and again. Perhaps I will. All our stories are available to hear again. Go to nannybee.com. Go there to find out more, including the stories written out, so you can read along with us. I'll be back next week for another Tales and Tea. Go on and leave a message for Nanny Bee, and you might be on the show. This has been a Toby Hall production for nannybee.com.